Welcome to the Guru Investor Podcast. On this podcast, we offer audio versions of our articles from Validia's Guru Investor blog. To read our articles or to sign up to receive a notification when we publish new research, please go to our website at blog.validia.com. The article I'll read in this episode is titled Seven Lessons from Mr. Market in 2020. It was originally published on December 23rd, 2020. Thank you for listening. In Ben Graham's The Intelligent Investor, he introduces Mr. Market which is an allegory that is meant to help the reader understand the irrational groupthink and herding mentality that can take place in the stock market. Joel Greenblatt, former hedge fund manager and popular value investor and author, described Graham's Mr. Market concept like this. Quote, one of the greatest stock market writers and thinkers, Benjamin Graham, put it this way. Imagine you are partners in the ownership of a business with a crazy guy named Mr. Market. Mr. Market is subject to wild mood swings. End quote. This year's market certainly has its fair share of mood swings, but it's times like this that can offer up important lessons for investors. Here are seven points investors should consider as they think about Mr. Market's temper tantrums and how to handle this misbehavior in the future. Point number one, staying optimistic and focusing on the long term. On March 18, 2020, I wrote an article, Learning from Buffett and Others During Market Crises. At the time, the market had witnessed a 30% decline, the fastest in history. COVID-19 was spreading throughout the world. Global economies were shutting down. Industries were getting demolished, and one could see how we could potentially be on the brink of collapse. But in the article, I relied on the wisdom from great investors and other individuals, Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, Winston Churchill, to express a view that over time the market would go on to recover, and that taking a long-term view was the most important thing investors could do. Of course, I didn't know the S&P would bottom on March 23rd, just a few days after, at 23.37, and we'd be hovering around 36.50 today, so a 56% move higher. But what I strongly believed at the time was that stocks wouldn't go down forever, and that at some point they'd go on to recover. The timing of my article was lucky, but the message was spot on. Point number two, the importance of asset allocation. This year is a good example on the importance of asset allocation. A simple portfolio of 25% in stocks, short-term bonds, long-term bonds, and gold, also known as the permanent portfolio, is up over 15%, or about double its performance since we started tracking the strategy in 2006. Even the 60-40 stock and bond portfolio is up over 12% so far this year. These portfolios didn't see anywhere near the decline of an all-stock portfolio from February to March, and yet they both have produced respectable double-digit gains while allowing investors to sleep well at night. They say diversification is the only free lunch in investing, and it's often underrated, but this year is a good example of the importance of being diversified particularly for investors living off their investments that may have a shorter time horizon. Number three, the up and downside of stock picking. In my opinion, there's a lot of speculation and froth in certain parts of the market today. IPOs, the SPACs coming online, investors driving up stocks of bankrupt companies, and the number of accounts at online brokerage firms like Robinhood and E-Train have exploded this year. Some of that is the bad news. The good news, however, is that millions of investors are getting exposed to investing and buying individual stocks. In episode 40 of our Excess Returns podcast, we discuss what Peter Lynch may say to some of those newbie investors. The title of that episode was Six Lessons New Robinhood Traders Could Learn from Peter Lynch. Some of these younger investors will graduate and form good stock picking strategies and skills. Some will get smoked and learn the hard way that they are taking too much risk or investing based on pure speculation. But I'm not in the camp that individual investors shouldn't buy individual stocks. Some of the most successful investors I know personally buy and sell individual securities. Oh, and by the way, this year, retail traders are actually beating the pros. So that's something to consider. Number four, the risk of market timing. With timing and market, there are always two decisions, when to get out and when to get in. 
And this year couldn't have been a better example of the risk of market timing. Investors who moved out of stocks in the market earlier in the year, and many did, on fears of further declines, would have had to quickly get back in or they would have left a lot of money on the table. Some investors may have been right on getting out before some of the large declines, but I seriously doubt those investors moved back in. The S&P 500 is now up 14% this year. Any timing decision to get out of the market earlier in the year, especially given how quickly stocks rebounded, would have resulted in a detraction from returns, and those investors who still aren't in may have seriously damaged their long-term returns of their portfolios. Number five, seeing the value of value in real time. I'm personally invested across a number of the quantitative models we offer investors through our capital management firm. So in my accounts, I have growth and value strategies represented. As we like to say, we eat our own cooking. While on a full year basis, the growth and momentum models we run are beating the value approaches, it's been amazing to see the reversion back in some of the value models, particularly the strategies that have the biggest value multiplier effect, or those that have performed best historically when value has been outperforming. It confirms a few things for me when it comes to value investing, which is backed up by more than my personal antidotes. The first is that if you're going to invest in a basket of statistically cheap companies, be prepared for droughts of lackluster returns. Very bad returns coming into most economic contractions and then explosive moves higher as you come out of those recessions. The value effect seems to be accentuated in small caps, which also tend to be riskier. It may not always work this way, and there are some reasons why value investing may be less profitable than it has in the past. That's something we've talked about with many guests on our podcast. But the reversion in some of the value models we run has been nothing short of amazing this year. Point number six, separating investing from your politics. In 2016, when President Trump won the election, the S&P went up 5% from early November through the end of the year and continued to rally into 2017 on lower taxes, less regulation, and the idea that a business-minded president would be good for business. The Democrats, who thought Trump would be bad for stocks, were wrong. Since November 3rd of this year, the S&P is up over 10% on the idea that President-elect Biden will support deficit spending, more stimulus, and a divided government is generally favored by investors. Those Republicans who thought Biden would be bad for the market or that stocks would fall as a larger government mandate is implemented are more likely to have also been wrong. The point, as my partner Jack Forehand recently wrote about in his piece, The Importance of Separating Your Politics from Your Portfolio, is that your political views should not impact your investment strategy. And my last point, staying disciplined, rational, and humble. In our interview earlier in the year with Professor Lawrence Cunningham, we asked him how he would boil down Warren Buffett's success. He said if pressed, he would highlight Buffett's disciplined rationality as one of those key attributes, maintaining discipline and staying rational in the face of large market declines and also massive market advances are two very important qualities. I would also add in humility as a third ingredient to long-term success in the markets, because overconfidence can lead to increased risk-taking and bad decisions. What the future holds for stocks in 2021 is anyone's best guess, but the one thing we can say for sure is that Mr. Market will continue to misbehave in the short run, and those times will present learning opportunities for all of us. Those investors who continue to learn from those experiences will be the ones most prepared for success in the future. Thank you for listening.